Up until December 2021, I had no idea that tea could be life-changing. And then I realized it could. Enjoy this conversation between myself and Sarah Scarborough, also known as the Tea Huntress, where we explore her story, the magic of tea, and is tea the new yoga? Welcome to the Create Beautifully podcast, where the potential in me honors the potential in you. If you're wondering if you can really change and truly find and live your purpose, then I invite you to let me be your accountability partner and for you to be mine. And together, we can explore with curiosity and humor what it is to create beautifully in every area of our lives and to take action to make that happen. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Liza. How are you? Good. Good. Tea Huntress Sarah. I um, I'm so excited that you said yes to be on my podcast. You're actually... So you're my first guide mm. on the podcast. So I have episodes that are guests and guides and personal. And so you are the first guide. And Thank so you. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to share what you offer for people and the kind of healing ways of tea and how you hold presence for people. Because I met you... I came face to face with Sarah the Tea Huntress in December 2021, and I had such a profound experience. And I'm sure there are people listening who are like, what are we talking about? What is tea? What is a tea ceremony? Um, so I really, I just, so let's start first with you just kind of telling us what you do. Remind me when we met though, was it December 2021? Yeah. Was it at, where was it? Was it at the studio? or was it, it was at, at your house. It okay. was at your house, and we had a private, um, we had a private tea ceremony. Oh, okay. And it was just myself and a couple of my friends, and it was uh, the first time most of us met in person. Okay, now I'm remembering that right. And so you all came, and I do remember exactly now, right? Okay. Well, I'm so glad yeah. to hear that. Um, yeah. Do you want me to launch into just kind of what I do? And yes, okay. yeah. Let's share with everyone what you do. Okay. And we'll go from there. Do I have five minutes or like five hours? <laughs> you just, you, you just say what you do, like what you offer the world and your, and your awesome, like around the world adventures and things Okay. that you do for people. And then we'll kind of get into like how you got there and all that good yeah. stuff. Yeah. Okay, great. So I'll start. Why don't I start? Hmm. Mm-hmm. I think we should start when I was little growing up in Finland in the summer house yeah. that my yeah. grandfather built. And we lived in Houston, Texas during the year. And so we would go every summer to Finland. And that is a giant jump in climates, yes? Climates, but also cultures <laughs> and way of yeah. life. And so that's what imprinted on me in that kind of bouncing back and forth through my youth. And still we go every summer. But there was something about Finland where we lived so close to nature. We were swimming in the lake and saunaing and out under the midnight sun and foraging berries and, you know, living really close to nature. And it just felt so good and it felt so connected and it felt so high vibe. And those were not words that I, of course, knew or used back then, but it just felt good. It felt right. It felt real. It felt like this is how we're supposed to live. And yeah. so I grew up that way. And I, of course, as I got older, started to become aware of the differences between Houston, Texas, and then we moved back to Nashville. But 
I noticed the air smelled worse at home. I noticed the water was mm. worse at home. We had to buy water in a jug. We, you know, had to go to the grocery store instead of to the farmers. And people weren't connected. They were busy and going off in their different directions. And it just yeah. didn't feel as good. And so truly, I've spent my entire life trying to recreate that feeling, trying to find wow. a life where it could feel that way all the time. <laughs> I might cry. I know this is not a therapy session, but it feels no. like has been my journey. And in that journey, I went to um, learned about organic farming, wanted to live on land, ended up living in Montana, California, learn, you know, wanting to learn about culture, agriculture, people who lived on land. And I wanted to preserve those ways of life. And I wanted to experience those ways of life too. So I ended up living on a lot of farms, learning to farm, learning a lot about herbs, um, traveling all over the world, meeting farmers, tea farmers, coffee farmers, cocoa farmers, ginger farmers, turmeric farmers, cardamom farmers. Wow. Because when I, when I was um, 25, I started to become interested in tea. And I saw tea as a vehicle to be involved in culture and agriculture and global trade and to make the world a better place. So I wanted to change mm-hmm. the world through ethical teas. And I spent mm. over a decade doing that and traveling and trying to figure that world out and learning a lot about tea. Um, and, and it was, you know, in the whole time, sorry, I'm getting a little off track. The whole time I was practicing yoga. Okay. So my mother taught me yoga when I was 17. And so I was oh, wow. like wanting to live on the land, learning about yoga spending as much time outside as I can. I lived in yurts. I lived in teepees. I lived off the grid. I lived in a cabin in Alaska. I just wanted to like be free and live on the land and be connected. And, um, and so that led me into tea. And then I have been with tea since 2001. And what kind of originally started as a mission to save the world through ethical and fair trade and organic teas started to evolve for me into looking at tea as a practice like yoga. Mm. So looking at tea as a moment of stillness, a way to cultivate life, a way to cultivate peace, a way to connect with myself and even a way to connect with nature. And so this... Did you kind of stumble into that by yourself? Completely. Completely. It was um, probably like 2016. I just started you know, I traveled around the world. I'd seen ceremonies. I'd yep. seen the way that people used um, tea in order to connect and in order to slow down and in order to, you know, even British tea, like afternoon tea, right? It's a time to slow down. Yes. Moroccan tea. Mm-hmm. It's a way to connect and make friendship. Um, Japanese tea ceremony. It's a, you know, more deep spiritual experience and rewinding the clock throughout the history of tea. It's always a way to connect and to slow down. Um, and so I began... I was traveling a lot to Morocco and leading retreats there and teaching yoga more and more and started to really just see this parallel where I was like, wait a minute, tea is not just a beverage. Tea is not just, you know, London Fog, Earl Grey, British Breakfast, right. tea, Jasmine, whatever I had been doing. Tea is a practice. Tea is a way of life and tea. And I started researching a lot. And actually when I did, um, one of the teacher yoga teacher certifications that I did, I was doing it for the certification, but I'd already been teaching for like 20 years. So I kind of spaced out during class. But what I was doing (laughs) as I spaced out during class is I was 
writing about tea as a practice and tea as yoga and the yoga of tea. And I ended up wow. doing a, like the, the final paper on the yoga of tea and these parallels wow. between Buddhism and tea and learning about teaism and Zen and all of this. Um, and then when I would travel, I was bringing with me a little shibori dashi, a little teapot, just a little uh-huh. with the little cups. And I would bring some incense and I would bring like a little textile or something. And I would play some beautiful music on my phone and I would create these moments mm. by myself mm-hmm. or with friends just because it was beautiful, just because I loved it, just because it was a way to really connect with the tea and where the tea came from and the people who grew the tea. And, and then I discovered quite accidentally um, an American man who's a Buddhist monk in Taiwan and he was on a podcast and a friend sent it to me and he was just like, Hey, I think you might be interested in this. I think this was like 2017, 16, something like that. Okay. Uh-huh. And it's this man named Buddha and he is teaching tea practice, tea ceremony, mostly. To oh, wow. Course. But he's also translating ancient tea scripts into English because he's American, but he speaks Mandarin. He lives in Taiwan. So what are ancient tea scripts? Well, like side note, these, what would that be? Yeah. So just like Buddhism and just like Christianity have yeah. people who have written about what they've learned, you know, what has come through them from the divine about living okay. life. Um, there are people who are the old tea state sages, the old um, people who send Ryuku is one Japanese man. Um, Yulu is the old Chinese tea sage um and they wrote about tea and they wrote about the divine through tea and they wrote about the way oh, wow. of tea or the Tao of tea and the properties mm. of tea the energetics of tea the ways of tea the places of tea the origins the everything about it and so they're almost like sutras in a way um yeah. and so he was translating them so i found myself traveling to taiwan a few times to be with him to study from him and to learn tea ceremony and to learn what he was teaching. Um, and so even to this day, I pour Moroccan tea ceremony. I pour his style of bowl tea ceremony. And oh, wow. those are the two kinds of ceremonies that I share with people that I pour. Um, so it's definitely been a Dharma. I mean, it's been a Dharma path. When, when I started to work with tea, when I was 26, I remember... I remember the flow of events. I had just come out of a really hard period of life. I made mm-hmm. this big, bold move. I'd moved from Tennessee where I had was having a hard time. Life, I was having that midlife crisis. Everything was kind of coming down in my life. Um, I got in my car. I drove back to Montana. I was like, I've got to get out of here. I just have got to get in my car and drive out of here. I cried the whole way to Missouri got to Montana, felt like I'd done something really courageous and bold, like taking a step in a new direction for myself. And then I was living with some friends and I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do for work now. And they said, Oh, I think there's an opening at the tea house. You know, these cool girls own this tea house. You should apply. And so I applied and it felt like lit up. It felt tingly. It felt like Mm. I didn't have a language for it then. It just felt like, yeah, right it felt lit up it felt yeah. in flow doors opened and then i worked in the- i love all of these words i just want to pause really quick because this is such a big thing about the kind of create beautifully 
lifestyle way is kind of like noticing when it's lighting you up and following that. So I love all the words that you just used about like it felt tingly and it felt in flow. Right. And you were just like, this is for me. Like I have chills just hearing about it. I'm like, oh, it must have been right because I have chills for you. Yeah. And the thing that's so interesting is I kind of look at the threads of my life backwards. Mm. That period of life I had been in in Nashville, I actually started at Thistle Farms, if you've heard of that. Uh, Yeah, I've been there. Yep. I know Thistle Farms. So I was hired by the woman who started that, who started Matt. Yeah. For those who don't know, Thistle Farms is, it's it's where they take in. It's a non-profit organization taking women um, who have been on the streets, botanical crafts, basically, and helping Mm -hmm. them get um, have agency back in their lives. And so yeah. I was hired to do that. I was back in Nashville. You know, prior to that, I'd been, you know, freewheeling it in Santa Cruz, learning to farm, like surfing, was not oh. ready to move back to Nashville. <laughs> Sounds amazing. <laughs> I want to go now. <laughs> the world that I'd grown up in. But, yeah. um, but I got hired to do this job and it was really tough and I had no preparation. I had no support. I was really kind of hung out to dry with the whole with that whole, um, I guess, job, and then also that chapter of life. So I, I learned a lot. I learned how to speak up for myself. I learned about boundaries for the first time. And this was the tea job, or this is a different job. This was Thistle Farms. Oh, this is Thistle Farms. Yeah. Hello, sorry, got my brain. Again, for a second. Yes. Um, I did it for like a year, and okay, and it was really tough. I did not have any training, background, experience, support. And so I got in my car and I moved back to Montana, which was a place where I lived, which always just felt really free and safe and good. I had lots of good friends there. Um, Mm -hmm. And so anyway, I felt like I had really stuck up for myself. I followed my truth Mm -hmm. in a way Mm -hmm. and done this really hard thing. I didn't just stay out of safety. You know, I didn't just stay because everybody told me to stay or they told me to stop running away or whatever. I went because I knew deep down, like a little, little echo, like I'm doing this, I'm going, I'm doing this. And then the reward was this really beautiful chapter of life, right? Met yeah. More great friends. And I got this great job and I got on the path to tea and working at the tea house. And it felt really like a, in hindsight, of course, it didn't feel all that way at the time, but it, in hindsight, it felt like the reward of having done the thing that I, that was hard to do, that I needed to do for myself. And, and then at the tea house, I started playing with different chai recipes. We had a really good chai recipe that everybody loved in Bozeman. Mm -hmm. And I, and so then the tea house hence closed. And then I was playing with the tea recipe Mm -hmm. and I turned that chai into a business and I was so excited. Wow. Then it was so lit up, like way more than even having moved to Bozeman and getting the job at the tea house. I was like, (gasps) it all came together. It was like, Mm. oh my gosh, I'm going to create a bridge from like, I saw it as like tea lovers and tea growers and this tea company was going to connect them and improve everybody's lives through fair trade tea. And I got the domain fair trade teas and then a friend Mm. offered to build a website. Another friend offered to do labels. And then I had like another friend help me start a business license and all that. I had no idea what I was doing. I had uh-huh. no idea how to start a business. That's how it always starts, right? <laughs> and literally spent all the money in my checking account, like all $1,500 mm-hmm. that I had in my checking account mm-hmm. and bought racks and bought spices, a table and bowls and bags and printed labels. 
and started making chai, selling it around wow. town, boiling like um, um, canning, basically like big jugs, uh-huh. like concentrate, selling oh, to wow. friends around town who wanted good chai, and that's how it started. And and so wow. then the whole next twenty years has been one big tea journey. Um, but tea has given me a way of life. It's given me peace. It's given me meditation. It's given me, um, an income. It's given me a lot of friends. Mm -hmm. It's given me world adventure. I've traveled to every tea origin in the world from, you know, Taiwan and Japan to Sri Lanka, India, Nepal to, um, remote areas of China, Sikkim, um, Yunnan province and Africa, all over Kenya and Rwanda and, even Hawaii and South Carolina and <laughs> anywhere that oh my gosh check it out to learn about it and yeah and it has felt so dharmic it's just felt like mm. there was a moment where you know life life has taken many different roads but there was a moment there where I had left a tea company I had in New Zealand kind of didn't know what to do next and was thinking you know I don't want to do another tea company I just I'm going to go like start my chai company again, or maybe I'll just get yeah. land and farm or something. Like maybe I'm done with take tea and it came back and it just always comes back. It always comes back in some form. And so I feel like that's been a gift, but, but it definitely is, has been a practice of, um, tuning into, I guess it's kind of been like, why not? Like, why wouldn't I do that? Why wouldn't I say yes to that? Mm. When opportunities come into my path, it's yeah. been, I do believe that the universe gives you what you're meant to have. It's just really hard to listen I agree. sometimes. Yeah. We resist a lot and I'm not very great at that in a lot of parts of my life, but one part that I have been good at it is mm-hmm. me because I can usually just say, okay, why not? We'll do that. We'll try it. Why not? Yeah. Um, so it's been that, but what I offer now, I guess I would say through the platform tea huntress is, um, a holistic view of tea. So we're mm-hmm. looking at tea not only as a beverage, but also as a meditation and as a way to cultivate mm-hmm. beauty and stillness in life. Um, and I'm offering um, more energetic blends, like blends that have to do not just with healing the body, but also with healing and supporting the spirit and the mind. Um, yeah. Offering teas that are not just grown um, organically, but that are grown from ancient groves, ancient trees, wild varietals, um, more high potency, more high vibe, the kinds of ceremonial teas that that you use yeah. as a guide and that you use not only to heal your body, but also to heal and connect your mind and to connect yeah. your mind and your spirit to yourself to come home and to connect your mind and your spirit to nature, to come home to nature. Yeah. And, um, and then all the physical benefits of tea, of course, are there, but everybody's doing that. You know, there's a zillion tea companies out there, people that are talking about tea and the health benefits of tea. But this awareness that I received, this awareness of tea, the way that it was appreciated by people thousands of years ago and not just hundreds of years ago, it was a massive epiphany. Like, wait a minute, humans have been not just revering tea for its body, but also for its soul. For millennia and so why are we yeah. doing that anymore because our lives got so coffee 
our lives got yeah. so young, they got so fast. And I do, you know, I drink coffee sometimes. It's not, I'm not anti-coffee, but, uh-huh. you know, the speed, it's just the speed, the productivity, yeah. the young, the striving, the directiveness, the achieving, the competitiveness, the forcing, all yes. the young and yes. these are burning us out. Like they are. Yeah. And the energy kind of behind coffee is like, I have to drink it for my caffeine fix so that I can hustle through the day. Whereas I feel like the energy that I, especially that I've learned through you behind tea is like, I, for me, it's like, I need like this cup of tea in the morning or midday to ground down and like connect with myself so that I can have the energy for the rest of the day. Right. And even when I drink coffee on a Saturday morning with a friend in the sun and I'm not trying to be productive, right? I still feel like a fire hydrant, you know, I still feel like, you know, I have to go for a run or I have to be productive or go or do because that's what it does. It's a young energy. It's a striving, upward moving, masculine energy. And yes, you know, if you break tea down to its compound compounds, it has L-theanine, it has GABA, it does have some caffeine, it has theobromine, and all of these different compounds work to put your mind into alpha state or theta state. They bring you into a different mm-hmm. subconsciousness. They bring you calm, alert, focus, or what the Buddhist monks knew as Zen mind. And so they ha- it has this ability to to bring you calm, alert, focus. It's sort of like, I mean, again, like nothing wrong with coffee I like coffee sometimes I think it's also very powerful medicine but Mm -hmm. tea for me anyway is just more sustainable it doesn't hurt my body it nurtures me I I feel sometimes when I drink coffee like I just need to lock myself away in the woods somewhere and run because I get I get I love that I get I get jittery well yeah I've I'm not a coffee drinker I've never liked coffee. Yeah. I've never really enjoyed coffee. I think sometimes I, I think I, I think now that I've found this and found what you offer, I'm like, I think I, there is something about just a warm cup of something that's not just like hot water yeah. <laughs> that just feels like, oh, I'm just, you know, just kind of feels fun to have a mug in your hand and it just feels grounding totally. and it feels, it just it's feels an good and the energy of it. Yeah. And you so it, you feel it like it's yes. the body. But not liking coffee, I was like, what is there for me? Mm-hmm. And I liked mugs. I like mugs. Like, yeah. just, I have a giant collection. And I'm like, what am I putting in these? Because I don't even like yeah. well, coffee. And so, and gold, right. Anything. And I would try, I yeah. tried mud water. For a while, I just, I just forced myself to drink coffee with like a lot of creamer in it. And that mm-hmm. was kind of gross. And I would feel disgusting. Oh, totally. Um, yeah. And then I found like Tivana. Right, like Tivana was like, oh, yeah. yay! Look, it's a store and it has tea, and that was like exciting because it was like, oh, there's all these options for me, not being a coffee drinker. Yeah, and then, um, and and that's kind of like where I was, and I heard about you from like like a connection. Like there were there were some people that were regularly going to you. And then I knew someone in the middle ground who like knew them and also knew me. And she was like, they get their tea from someone called Tea Huntress. Like, isn't that crazy? And I was like, <laughs> honestly, this sounds kind of wild. And I kind of want to know what this is all about. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I really want to know this Tea Huntress situation. And then 
And then, like I said, I had this group of friends who I met in this online embodiment community mm-hmm. and they, we were all going to, I'd met one of them in person for the first time for before this. And we all met around, um, it was her birthday and my birthday in December of 21. And they were like, and one of them in there, Jess, who's taking your class right now and she's oh, going to be, yeah. yeah. So she's one of my friends. She's going to, she was she there. She sent you a present. I know she did. She sent me the the winter winter rabbit, white rabbit, the um water rabbit. It's the year of the water. The water rabbit. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad you got. It. I saw that. I thought that was so sweet of her. Yeah. I haven't gotten it yet. She just told me about it. I was going to order it on my own, and then she told me about that surprise, tea, and I was like, that was so sweet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's wonderful. So she was there. She was there, um, and they and because I think I don't I don't know if it was because of her or someone else, but they were like, we're going to go do it tea ceremony with the tea huntress and I was like I've heard of her I know that name and I was like she's here that's so cool and you like you you know you live 25 30 minutes from me and so we went and I just want to like share I just I'm I'm I shared it with you like in that circle but I just want to share it with like anyone who will listen to this podcast episode because my big thing is like healing is not just talk therapy like that's not the only place to find it and and there's so many people doing really niche and different things that can can really start to uncover who we are ground us into who we're supposed to be um, start to heal things give us aha moments and you know unless unless you're in these kind of pockets people probably haven't heard of a tea ceremony (laughs) for for healing and, and we it's approachable right like you've heard of a yeah. ceremony but it's not approachable it's not right it's not something that some girl in nashville is doing it's something right you fly to japan for mm-hmm. you might not be you might not be moved by it it might be kind of boring but you learn something yes what people are realizing is like it's life-changing it's healing it's cathartic it's yeah healing. it's i'm drinking right now in my teacup right now is it was in the winter box it's a green tea it starts with an h Oh, the hojicha. Yes, the thank hojicha. you. I have yeah. no idea how to say it. Hojicha? Hojicha, yeah. yeah. That's, a that's really what I have right one. now in my cup, in my Alice hojicha in Wonderland. It's like tea a tub. toasted green tea, so it's real warm and caramelly and kind of wintry. My pot I has what I call kitchen tea. So I have, I love teas from Nepal for casual drinking, just not, you know, I'm not in ceremony, but there's a beautiful yeah. um, place there where I buy my tea from. And, um, the growers are fantastic. The land is organic and rich and at the foothills of the Himalayan mountains and the tea is aromatic and beautiful. And it's just kind of, it's organic. It's, um, I don't know if it's biodynamic or not, but I've been there and they, they do a beautiful job the land is pristine and lush and rich. And so I just keep, they send me a lot of samples. And so I toss all the samples together in a little jar and I keep it by my like I keep it how you are not supposed to store your tea. I keep uh-huh. it like in the light next to the oil and the salt and all the cooking stuff. Next uh-huh. to the hot stove. But it's just, I, I love it because it's so, it feels so old school and casual. It's just like a jar of tea and I pinch some out, toss it in the yeah. And then I re-steep it That's all morning. That's super cool. I love, and I love that you just said you kept it not at all the way you're supposed to keep tea. Because like if anyone's going to keep their tea perfect, it's the tea huntress. Well, I keep my perfect teas perfect. But my casual right. tea, you know, look at my pot. It's, the lid is broken. I love it. It's so wabi-sabi. Like, oh, yeah. And also I steep it how you're not meant to steep it. This tea's been sitting in water for probably like four hours. I just add more water if I want it to be hotter or yeah. 
less strong or it's just, it's, you know, it's the tea can be so life-changing and it can be so casual and it can just be like a cozy cup and it can be a way to connect with friends and it can be a delicious chai and it can be a cozy London fog and it can be a healing like um, tonic with lemon and honey and ginger and it can change your life and it has a frequency, you know, tea has an energetic vibration that heals humans. It always has. It's that's why they called it the empress of all herbs in ancient China. It's known to have a frequency that heals humans. And that's why it's the most popular beverage in the world. That's why every culture in the mm. world has a different way of taking it, whether it's a tea bag or iced tea or matcha or chai or Moroccan tea or, you know, Russian tea or Turkish tea or whatever everybody's drinking tea whether they kind of know it or not (laughs) right but we love tea and humans and and so I love um I love offering it to people in all ways like it doesn't just have to be a meditation Mm -hmm. be profound it doesn't just have to be yeah um you know a Lipton tea bag I mean I wouldn't so that I do have right. I do have boundaries. Like right. <laughs> even though it's casual tea, it's still like really beautiful, organic, beautiful teas. But it's right. It's the way I approach it. I just love that permission to have to Me have too. it kind of work. Yeah. Have but it in all those different layers. Seriously, right? It's tea. It can be profound yeah. and life changing. I have tea and ceremony has changed my whole life. It's plant spirit medicine. It's a God plant. Like it is when you get those teas, the ones from old groves, the one from wild varieties, the ones like with genetic integrity, the ones that have been cared for and harvested and processed properly with love for sharing and ceremony, it's profound, but so is, so is this cup right here, you know? And I just think it teaches us to be real about it and not to just, that's me anyway. I mean, maybe if I was, you know, a goddess on a mountaintop, I would feel differently about it, but you know, I have kids and a lot yeah. and sometimes yeah. I like a London fog and sometimes I love a chai and sometimes I even like a coffee, but, but tea's my dharma and I feel like it's my thing to share in this lifetime. So I'm grateful for it. it. Yeah, no, it is. I've had, so I've had three ceremonies with you and one, one was with friends and then one has been in kind of your, um, like a solstice which one did we do in your backyard? It was the fall oh, equinox. The equinox gathering. And then the winter solstice in your house. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. So those are with people I didn't know. Yeah. And all of them were wonderful. But the first one, and I just want to, I want to share it because I want people to be like, oh my gosh, this was really available, like from a cup of tea. Yeah. And so, you know, you sit down and you sit down in front of us and you have this beautiful setup with these like what what are your pots made of? Are they are they clay ceramic? Uh, clay like... kettles and clay pots. Yeah. Okay. But they're all handmade okay. wood fired. Yeah. So it's, it's already, already just like this intentional. It, it was just yes. They're so it was so be- and even just your house. It was December and you just had this beautiful tree and it just it just looks it looked just like it was from the forest and not like I got it at like a tree place you know or like a like a big tree stand like outside of Walgreens like a tree stands like it looks like you had like plucked it from the forest and all well, of I your ornaments were like wood yeah it was it just the environment was wonderful and then you just have such ceremony around it and basically all you told us which is what I've learned about the only thing you tell anyone before a ceremony which is just hi if you've never done a tea ceremony 
you're just not allowed to talk. Good luck. Like, I feel like that's like the main, the main thing you just tell everyone like, and go. And then you tell everyone that you sobbed the first time that you did one, right? Yeah, first five times. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I, I like, I really want to hear about that also. Yeah. Um, and so you, so you started pouring and so it's me and I think there were five others five four or five others and then so you start pouring and like I I'm open to whatever like right now currently this iteration of me I'm not open to like full-on plant medicine right um but aside from that if someone's like experience like psychedelic experience yes that's not for me currently yeah um but in general I will I will dive straight in like what's here what's hiding in me that I need to learn like what is it so you first started pouring it and everyone, I'm just going to do what it sounded like. Okay. So everyone's like picks theirs up and this is what I hear. And I just hear people being like, <laughs> and then everyone's like all quiet. And then it's like, <laughs> I wanted to laugh. Like my initial reaction was just to laugh my ass yeah. off. Yeah. And then I was also like, and then I was like, this is so fucking weird like I literally and I knew it was ego like I knew it was whatever but I was like I'm just gonna let myself think all this for a minute because I was like this is fucking ridiculous I was like we're all just like like slurping in silence and I was like oh my god and I wanted to laugh and it was so hard to just not laugh and then I was like what and then me being me I was like what's here why is this my reaction like what what's going on you know and every time we finish a cup we put it down and you do this beautiful thing i watch your hands all the time um you know everything gets spinned and everything gets touched and it was just it was beautiful to watch and then i was like i was like okay like i don't like i don't know what's here i don't know what's here but let's look for what's here and i literally started looking in my tea bowl Mm -hmm. And I was just staring at it. I was just staring at it between my hands and I was just watching kind of the sediment at the bottom Mm -hmm. and I was noticing the swirls inside the tea bowl. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what's here? What's here? And I went to take a sip again and I felt stupid again, just taking a sip. I was like, I, I was like, why do I feel so dumb right now? Like, why do I just feel so dumb? And all of a sudden I had this like, that was like it's just so it I mean the tea drinking the tea became such an obvious metaphor for receiving Mm. and I realized how hard it was Mm. to receive Mm. and I that's when like the tears started Mm. to come and oh and just like receive like just to take it in like to take in these this new these you know new budding friendships with these women who we all wanted to find what it was really like to have deep friendships with other women and we were all showing up in this new way for each other that we hadn't experienced with other women before and then just to experience just your presence and your the space that you were holding for for the tea to do something to you you know just non-judgmentally just I'm here let your experience be your experience and 
I think just a lot of things. I think just like I can hold love at an arm's length. I can hold spirituality at an arm's length. And all of a sudden it was like every sip I took was just like Mm -hmm. letting myself receive. And I can like feel, I don't feel like crying right now, but I can feel the energy just like Mm -hmm. in the middle of my body, like up and down, just like, and I just, I ended up, I think I had to get up and go to the bathroom to get tissues like three times. I was like ugly sobbing yeah. by the time we were done. I was like, <laughs> it was me like making that noise. And I was like, <laughs> and I was just staring in my bowl. And I, I also got a really deep message of presence mm-hmm. and how often I'm not present. Um, I'm, a, I'm a head type, so I'm often in my head. So tea was helping me to be in my body because you can feel the warmth of it as it kind of travels down and just honestly staring at my bowl. Mm -hmm. And I just started to notice the bottom had this spiral in it. And I started Mm -hmm. to notice the particular, um, the particular, I bought, I bought it from you. I was like, I need this bowl. This bowl has to go. I think I bought both. I bought two bowls from you that I had experiences with because I was like, I need these. I started to see what looked like a constellation inside the bowl. And I was like, this is mine. And the spiral at the bottom at the time was really, really relevant. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was like, how often are we just present, A, and present at such like a granular level? Yeah. You know, just like with something just in your hands. Right. Or just something so little. And um, yeah, I even, there was even a third layer to it where... You know, being that everyone was brand new, we were all getting along. And then there were occasional personality quirks where you'd be like, oh, this one thing is bugging me about this one person. They're going to listen to this and be like, who? <laughs> who are you talking about? <laughs> and and in that part of the other thing that T did between the presence and the receiving was just all of a sudden I just got this whole thing that was like, just people can be who they are. And if I allow them to be who they are, I can just be who I am. And it was like any irritation that I'd felt about anyone at that moment was just like, no, we're all just on our journey. Mm. And that's it. And like, we're all just on our journey. And all that, I mean, I just sob and sob and sob and sob. I love that story. And it's, you know, it happens all the time. I get messages and emails and people telling me these stories all the time. And the same where they were aggravated or annoyed, or they were feeling stupid. Mm. And it was so weird. And what are we all doing here? Sipping tea? Yeah. Who do we think we are? Who are we pretending to yeah. be? Mm. Why is she making me drink one more bowl of tea? What? It's like, <laughs> it reminds me of when yeah. people first started going to yoga like 20 years ago and Mm. there was this whole resistance amongst people who are typically more resistant of new things and ideas and Mm -hmm. like that is so weird people are like rolling around on the floor with strangers and oming and wearing no clothes and it is so weird and I will never do that and now you fast forward 20 years and of course everybody everybody goes to yoga everybody Yes. Has a studio or has been to yoga or has some modality of yoga that they've experienced or enjoyed because it works. Yeah. And I tell my friends, I'm like, you know, I was the one who came to all my friends I grew up with in Nashville 
after my sort of adventures out into the world and was like, you need to be eating yeah. organic food. You need to be doing yoga. You need to be doing breath work, whatever. Mm. And always there would be like five or 10 years where they would think I was crazy. And now yeah. they're all doing yoga and buying organic farms and only eating yeah. organic food and local and all this stuff. But I tell them now, I'm like, just start doing tea now because you're going to do it in yeah. 10 or 15, 20 years. So you might as well start now because then you can be like, I was at the beginning of the curve. Like I knew what was up. Yes. And and you might as well just not go through that 10 years of thinking I'm crazy. You might as well just do it now because you're going to. Yes. And it's really yeah. not just tea. It's sort of just... Um, it's a paradigm shift. It's opening your mind up and understanding energy. It's like the yin and the yang, right? Like the energy yeah. and the matter and the way that they all mm -hmm. fit together. And the fact mm. that plants hold frequencies, they have energetic vibrations, just like people have personalities. Plants have physical benefits and they have energetic benefits. And so tea has physical benefits and energetic benefits. And the energetic mm -hmm. benefit just happens to be very spiritually connective for humans. And so that's why it became ritualized thousands of years ago. That's why we, that's why it became ceremonialized. That's why tea ceremony is because of this energetic frequency. So it's, it's really just, you know, just like organic farming had to be a mental shift for people to accept that our current yeah. way of farming was not right. Yeah. You know, and just like, I guess yoga, people had to like, accept, I don't know what people had to accept with yoga, but just. <laughs> you know, I guess the discomfort of being vulnerable and intimate with people, you know? Yeah. I feel like too, taking on more of like Eastern traditions, right? I think that yeah. in general can be yeah, like, sure. is this, am I still Christian? Am I so, still, right? Like you kind of get like, <laughs> there's a lot right. of that. And when we're in the Bible, mm -hmm. there's a lot. Yes. Of, I mean, I do have some friends who I think probably think I'm, you know, very Christian people who might not think I'm going to heaven yeah. because I'm drinking all this tea, but, right. um, you know, it's, it's just like, it's a paradigm shift and it, it's truly just like where the world is headed. You know, the world was headed towards organic and cleaner farming because we had a problem. Yeah. We still do have right. a massive problem, but like, right. but that needed to be, people need to become aware of the problem with agriculture and people need to become aware of the problem currently with burnout and with the speed of life and with this striving that we're all doing and the growth um, requirements, like businesses have to grow, life has to grow. We're all just like, go, 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 go. And it's like, when I started to reframe um, the time I sit for tea from being unproductive to actually being the most productive thing that I'll do in a day, that changed mm. everything for me because when I started to look at this as like, this is how I'm flexing my intuition. This is how I'm connecting with my truth. This is how I'm yeah. finding solutions to problems. This is how I'm connecting with like pure consciousness of the universe. This is how I'm, yeah. this is how, this is my power. This is my strength. This is my productivity. This time where I sit and I drink tea and look at everything you got. I mean, that was probably in 30 yeah. minutes of drinking tea. It's pretty productive, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, I, yeah. It was, I mean, it was, it was huge yeah. and you can't, you don't, you don't go backward from there. Like right. once that is an experienced thing, like that is with you forever. Right. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Do you, I'm curious because you always talk about it. So I'm curious, can you, would you be open to sharing a little of like 
what it felt for you because you were like I bawled the first time and the first five times mm-hmm. and kind of what came up for you when you first experienced tea yeah, ceremony I think I'm still untangling it to be honest with you but I um mm-hmm. it's a long story but I think like to break it down in that moment it was just oh my god there I am oh my god like mm. it was like a yearning it was like it was like a remembering it was just like a yearning and like a a remembering and like a mm. I need this like there's something sacred here that I am mm. missing you know there's something mm-hmm. true here that I'm yearning for there's something grounded and like um it felt like home you know it felt just like coming home it felt like I don't know it's hard to describe but it just felt like almost like oh thank god I've been searching for that for so long and there it is I didn't even know I was looking for it I didn't even know that I was holding so much. Do you know how like when you cry, sometimes you didn't realize how much you were holding and mm-hmm. then you cry and cry and you're like, Oh gosh, I feel so much better. But yeah, I didn't even, I mean, it's been an unfolding like where I was in life then. Um, and of course. Now and all of that. But you know, I had been working with tea already for two decades at that time. So it wasn't like, yeah. it was just that way of doing it in that way. And I had also been like, ritualizing tea in my own way but something about sitting with other people in the ceremony with yeah the um you know the flow of that ceremony just felt like really healing and it sounds like you'd kind of been creating and holding space and then this now someone else was holding space that's a big part of it too I think yeah sometimes yeah. I do hold a lot of space and I think there aren't a lot of people around here who pour tea ceremony and I ran into mm-hmm. someone on a retreat in Mexico the other day and I was like, oh my gosh. And he was, he's like a big tea guy and I had heard of him, but I hadn't met him and he came up to me and I didn't know who he was. And it was this really fun interaction, but he was like, can I pour tea for you? And it ended up not working out, but I was like, oh yes, please, please, please. Yes, I would love for you to pour tea. Yeah. Um, it's been a while. It's been since the pandemic, you know, mm. but I sat and somebody else has poured tea for me. So that, but, but it wasn't just that it was like, it was something of the sitting with other people who I didn't know. didn't really matter. Mm. Like sitting, I don't know. I can't tell you what it was, but it felt like, and it felt like a remembering. It felt like, like the end of a pain. It felt like the end of a struggle. It felt like I had been Mm. somewhere soft. Mm. That's huge. I, that, I mean, it makes sense considering your path and kind of where you come from and what you're doing now. I mean, it just, it, you know, if we think about it, that like your this was part of what your soul was supposed to come do, mm-hmm. you know, and then you matched with this and it was, mm-hmm. it was, it just makes sense. Yeah. Knowing all that, that it was like, oh, it's connected. Like I'm, yeah. this is my soul being like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all of this. Right. All of us. And I mean, I, I was hungry for it. You know, I did it more and more. I yeah. learned, I went to Taiwan. I was like, I was hungry. It was, it was like a, some, it was like I'd been thirsty for so long and then I found some water and I just drank it up, mm. you know? Yeah. I, I love to just hear, just hearing that piece of your story because for other people who exp- 
ha- maybe have and have ignored it or or will experience something like that just in their own life or what's for them. Um, and just being like, oh, I can trust that. Like, I can trust that because now what you've created is just beautiful. Yeah, thank you. Will you... Um, Okay, I have two like final questions because I know you're you're getting ready to um, pack up and head out. Yeah, I do. So, have somebody who just arrived, so I'm gonna have to go in a second. But sure. But he- could you? Would you mind doing um, a great like beginner tea recommendation, and then just kind of where people can find you? Yep. Sure. So people love a tea that I have called Rewilding, and it's just. Um, Ooh, I love that. Yes. Yeah, it's so fragrant and beautiful. It's from one of the most primitive tea families, um, tea varieties in the world. It comes from Yunnan, China, and it's really heart opening. It's really joyful. It's, um, you know, different teas have different personalities. Some of them I think have, in my experience, are a bit deeper or more meditative, or some of them even feel a bit harsh or a bit strong. Um, this one is just love and joy and peace and ease and it's called rewilding and all of my teas, I add teas all the time, like water rabbit is a new one. Um, but they're all at teahuntress.com and that's where my retreats are and the online classes and training courses. And I'll be launching more online courses soon. Retreats. Oh, that's exciting. Experiences, teas, teaware, incense, all kind, all things tea. Oh, the incense is my favorite. And your monthly boxes. Those, monthly yes. Boxes. Oh, not monthly, quarterly boxes. The membership, yeah. Yes, the quarterly boxes. Yeah. yeah the incense in there, everything in those boxes yeah. just is the most delightful, <laughs> like, you. part of my quarter. Um, and I will link specifically to rewilding as well as to your website in the description slash show notes so people can get to those. And um, if you're in Nashville, I recommend looking Sarah up. If you're not, check out her site, order some tea, follow her online, and maybe you can find someone who can do a tea ceremony for you. Thank you. Sarah, thank you so, so, so much. As usual, you can find links to Sarah and her tea and also her beautiful global retreats inside of the show notes slash description for this podcast episode. And as usual, if you are so inclined to leave a review, I would appreciate it oh so much. I know it feels like it takes a long time, but it really doesn't take a long time and it would be amazing. Please come say hi to me on Instagram at Liza Hippler. And as always, friends, create beautifully.